Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Fresh Out the Podcast. One of the greatest podcasts to come to if you're feeling lonely. That's probably not true. I'm Jahananan, uh, the board game guru, game master extraordinaire. It's me. It's me, Casualty CDG, the co-host of Fresh Out the Box, retired child crimes and human trafficking detective turned tabletop titan, improv comedian, and painter of Warhammer 40k Orcs. I am the professional media and movie mastermind, the fun house, Drew Munhausen. And Jahan, I truly love, I know that you do these intros, and I assume that you just don't really think about what you're going to say before, and it's just whatever rolls off the tongue. Yep, off the cuff. And, uh, yes, I, I, um, I appreciate the improvisation, mm-hmm. um, and that's all, that's all I'll say about it. Okay. Okay. Sounds like <laughs> so, sounds like criticism, but okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Of course not. Um, yeah, that's a weird compliment that came out really not like a. Yeah, compliment that compliment or... felt like like uh, not a compliment there, Drew. <laughs> Gary, I know you've been in the midst of a move this week, so we. I know that you are still working on getting. Um, your new home set up with cable and internet, but you have still managed to be here, so we appreciate your presence. Thank you for yes. being here. Yes. Uh, I may not have the Blue Yeti, I may not have the streaming set up, but the room is in progress, and I should have internet by right after the time this airs. So I, the problem should be solved quickly. We were quoted, it, we were told it should be this week on Monday. Uh, and then... On Tuesday, an engineer came out and said, your house is wired, you're good to go, everything's great, you'll get, a, you'll get called this week and you'll be set up and good to go. And so Friday morning I called and was like, why are we not good to go? Like, what's going on? What's the holdup? Nice. And they said, oh, we assigned your account to someone who's out sick all week and they won't be back until next week. And I was like, can we solve this today? They said it'll be five more weeks until we can get you going. <laughs> but if you fill out this paperwork, we can start the process right now. Uh, so I called the different internet company. It was going to take two weeks instead. And then my wife called the first company and just let them have it. So the price is reduced and we should be squared away Monday first thing. Well, fingers crossed. We're still going to knock out. Um, I think a couple streams tonight, so we, so at least you will have some time after today to get all set up and get your nice, cozy workspace ready to go for future streams. I know that they're missing you on the weekday tabletop streams, so, uh, but we are fortunate enough to have you here, so thanks yeah. again. I had to imitate his character's voices all week. Apparently, I'm pretty good at some of them. Uh, nice. Can you do an impression of one of them right now? I'm yeah, not good on the spot, but uh, let's see. I, I, I yesterday I was doing Corporal Norm Norman, uh, leader yeah, at section. Not bad. Yeah, that one's not, not bad at all. Um, <laughs> apparently, that one's pretty spot on. Uh, and then I also but had to stop. This is my Patrick Warburton impression, yeah. and so that good. time. Uh, during that campaign, that's just kind of the voice I go with. And I've gotten okay at it. 
uh, I, do, I do an okay job. Good enough to know what I'm doing. You know, like, people recognize me as imitating him. Uh, <laughs> I also had to stop party members from, like, going through your pockets on, uh, Thursday. <laughs> Treating oh, him yeah. like a corp? Going through his belongings? Well, because, like, uh, there, was, there was a whole, like, sleep dream thing going on. Your character was unconscious, just Whoa. for sake of ease on my end. Uh, and then, like, they're like, let's look at this stuff. And what I had happen was I, I described myself. Uh, I was like, I was like a short bearded man with a t-shirt, uh, comes out from behind the bar and <laughs> zips up his pockets and looks at you guys and shakes his head and goes away. So, like, well I, done. I physically transcended into the world. And stop them from. I was like, you're not, you're not robbing a, a PC that's not here. <laughs> you're like a, like a good Mr. Mizixelpist. Yeah, I'm a benevolent Mizixelpist. Yeah, it's a good use of DM powers that I, I appreciate because I still wouldn't count that as a, um, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not going beyond your privileges. Thing. Yeah, it's not like you I walked in and killed somebody. <laughs> you didn't lessen anybody's experience by protecting a player who wasn't <sighs> theirs inventory. Yeah. Uh, let me guess who went through my stuff. Was it Keon and Thomas? Yes, it was Keon and Thomas that were trying to do it. Yeah. How, how'd yeah, you know? Figured. That's what I thought. It was both of our brothers that did it, and I stopped them. So, you know. Appreciate you. Good looking out. No problem. I mean, it was silly. It was. I mean, it was a really funny mode. They were laughing really hard when I popped out of nowhere. <laughs> there are thought, a couple of pirates, too, so I get it in character. That's a, It's all good and fun. It's let's, all good uh, and fun. Let's talk about something that's not role-playing games for once. I know we could do this all day. Ooh. And and there's been no no shortage of news in the past week, and uh, just to bring it up because you know at least on our platform with our friends here, you know, and fans of Fresh Out the Podcast, but obviously this this Batgirl news and HBO Max shakeup has been the talk of the town, so they say, uh, the past week. Yeah. And to recap here, let's let's get let's get here with a little bit of a history lesson for those who th- those that don't. Um, a few years back, AT&T acquired Time Warner in a big old deal, and then they renamed that to uh, Warner Media, which, you know, has Warner Brothers Entertainment and the DC Comics and uh, HBO, and a lot of things are owned by, by Warner Media. And uh, in, in recent times and what was completed this year is that AT&T decided to spin off Warner Media and uh, they were it was actually merged with Discovery Incorporated so um, yeah so now it is uh, Warner Brothers Discovery I believe is yeah. the name of the company which is and, not a great uh, name yeah. yes and the head of Discovery is who is taking the lead now with the new merged company so there are changes in store over there and uh, and we're really starting to see that now and this axing of Batgirl which was a straight to streaming movie 90 million dollar budgeted movie yeah. um, for streaming and it has already been filmed it was deep in post-production, basically nearly complete. Yeah, it was almost done, yeah. 
and they axed it completely. They're, they're shelving it. It will not be released um, in any form. This was a movie that starred Leslie Grace as Batgirl. Uh, Michael Keaton was in this movie as as Batman. Uh, J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon. Uh, Brendan Fraser was the villain playing the Firefly. So there were, there were some big big stars in this, and uh, and we'll never see it. And never, never, of course, ever. Of course, this raised a lot of speculation of the how and why, and you know they're saying that this is not indicative at all of the quality of the movie. That it has nothing to do with that, but instead they are wanting to focus uh, DC, the DC property specifically, on theatrical releases, um, which is a little bit scary because I don't think this would affect their animated slate. But I'm scared for things like Peacemaker, which is a show that we all really liked and yeah. talked about a lot on this show. And that's not a theatrical property. And it, there, it's very possible it could get canceled. I don't know what's going to happen. So I would make a, a, a counter that it, it's sort of a theatrical property because the character came from uh, Tuicide Squad. And I think that the, the Tuicide Squad universe, you know, in, in my perfect world, that's the one they would go forward with. Maybe Batgirl didn't fit into that universe. Maybe they didn't want to make another weird, bad, confusing movie. Um, but I guarantee you it's some combination of quality and what they have in the future. Because if it was awesome, they would release it no matter what. Well, see, and that's and I'm with you. I, I think it probably for them to make such a drastic decision, because to be clear, this is unprecedented for a movie of this budget to get cut like this. You know, back in the Miramax days and stuff, sometimes they'd have movies that were five million dollar movies or ten million dollar movies that were much lower in budget that just weren't working. And they, and they would cut those. That yeah. was more common. But for something of this size uh, to be axed like this is. Well, so my understanding is that it doesn't have anything to do with quality and that it like straight up because they're axing it and no one will ever see it. They get a huge tax break. Yes. That's a big reason of why, uh, that they're doing this as well. Yeah. Cause it will be a tax break for them. Like a gigantic, um, like, like tens and tens of millions of dollars tax break. Yeah. It's big. And, and Warner media was in the hole. Um, lot of money they're in a lot of debt so um the new head has said they you know that's that's a goal for them is to get out of that debt and so it makes sense they want to spend money on the big movies that are going to have big big returns rather than making as many straight to streaming movies and things like that so it's just it's scary as somebody who's a big fan of hbo max uh, it's one of my favorite streaming services it has such a great movie library and there's already been some things happening there a lot of max original movies a few of them including uh, an american pickle which was a seth rogan movie and super intelligence which was a melissa mccarthy movie that it was not good but it, it was there <laughs> those have been quietly removed now from HBO Max. They're not on the service, and they were Max original movies. Now, you can still view these movies. They are still available on demand. You can pay to rent them, but they are not on the HBO Max service. So it's unclear what they're trying to do here. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of a lot of shifting going around, and I do think, you know, they are saying that, that it's not a quality thing with Batgirl specifically. There have been test screenings and there have been varying reports that maybe it wasn't very good or that the stakes weren't super high in the movie, you know, that it wasn't a big old blockbuster movie. It didn't have the feel of a blockbuster movie. But also worth noting, 
it because of the the so Michael Keaton plays Batman in it, which obviously the upcoming Flash movie starring Ezra Miller is supposed to be a big reset point for the DC movies because um, there's a lot that goes on in that. And that movie's been pushed, and there's obviously troubles with Ezra Miller, but I don't think that that will impact the release of that movie <laughs> because the insider word is that that movie is actually really good, um, that Warner's very, that they're very happy with that movie, but they're just holding it, I guess until they're ready to release it. I hope they have him run so fast that he changes actors. That's what I... Batgirl would have to be released after The Flash, and Batgirl is apparently a Christmas movie as well. So we wouldn't have even... Even if they did release this movie, we wouldn't have seen it until probably holiday of 2023. It would have been way far out. But yeah, so this... It's just just a lot to take in. Uh, it's also and- something that, like, having seen this year's Batman, it was fine, but this year or next year doesn't need a follow-up Batgirl movie. Um, I'm not chomping at the bits for Brendan Fraser's interpretation of Firefly. You know, uh, when you say it's not high stakes, it's a character that people aren't super invested in, and it's a bad guy who no one's super invested in you know what i mean they're they're kind of taking these these b-rate characters and unless you do something really fun and exciting with them yeah people aren't going to care a whole lot yeah but the only good dc properties are the one with the b-side villains anyways like suicide squad but you're gonna have to treat them the way that suicide squad does you can't treat it like a serious batman movie and expect people to care about Brendan Fraser's Firefly and, and what he might do to future Gotham. I actually thought all this sounded really cool. And I don't know, man. Like, they released Justice League. You know what I mean? Like, that movie well, was garbage. And and that's, you know, right now with this merger, the D, both the DC film slate and the Harry Potter Slate, which is you know owned by Warner as well, you know they're all kind of in disarray. Obviously, the Fantastic Beasts movies have gotten mixed reception. This most recent one didn't do very well at the box office. I didn't even watch it. Yeah, <laughs> it's on HBO Max now, so you could stream it right now if you wanted to. None of us have seen it. Um, and then in DC, obviously, just the Snyder debacle and everything that's on there. And, the, you know, there's a recent Rolling Stone article with about how there was a, just a ton of bots that were helping lead the, the Bro, Snyder. That was movement. the craziest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. The things going on there. So naturally, I can understand now Warner Discovery wanting to get these properties back on the right track and. Um, you know, unfortunately, it just takes time. Obviously, they want DC to be as revered from the film side as the Marvel movies are and, and everything. And they just have a long way to go. Um, obviously, the Batman was, was successful, so that's going to be its own franchise right now. Um, they've officially confirmed the Joker sequel that's going to have Joaquin Phoenix returning and Lady Gaga playing harley quinn so that's that's moving forward no uh, don't do that there's still you know an aquaman <laughs> sequel a black adam movie the flash movie there's some things still in the works but beyond that um you know it just remains to be seen they had some other hbo max uh, like the wonder twins and things like that that they were going to do that have already been canned um, we'll see what happens with things like the blue beetle these other things they were working on it's just it's 
hard time to be a fan of yeah, DC. And, I heard a fun bit of trivia about the Wonder Twins because uh, they come from another planet, right? I honestly don't know any of the Wonder uh, Twins lore. <laughs> apparently, canonically in the comics, uh, their people become super horny during thunderstorms. Just FYI. That's, that's canonically in the DC world. <laughs> so, Drew, I would say that it's always been a hard time to be a DC fan. Ever, ever yes. since, uh, ever since like, 1999, it's been a hard time to be a DC fan. And you, we always, the three of us, I don't know why we're hopeful. We've always been hopeful that DC is going to, this is going to be the time when they put their foot down and they turn around and they do a 180 and they get their crap together. But it probably isn't because it's never been that time for DC. Um, now, on the HBO front, it is scary. Some of the things you're saying, dropping some of their originals like American Pickle. And not that it was great, but I liked it. I'm kind of a mark for Seth Rogen. Um and taking away some of those titles is definitely a strange decision. But HBO, for me, in my life, has, you know, first it was like a, a, a pay-per-view boxing service, and then it was a cable service, and then everyone had Sopranos in their house, and everyone talked about Game of Thrones, and then HBO Max was in everybody's house. And I just feel like HBO is going to find a way to survive all of this and continue to produce some really good content. And keep themselves relevant but at the same time i think there's going to be a lot more dc that we need to sift through i don't know how many more years until it starts getting good but i'm not looking hopeful for dc i mean so like in my opinion on the whole thing is that like what are they trying i don't understand what they're trying to do because they're not trying to make it like like the MCU, they're not bringing the entire brand under like one person's vision. They don't have someone orchestrating a cinematic universe. They just keep giving projects out to random, unconnected people that aren't having meetings about it and expecting this cohesive thing to come out. And it's just, it's so dumb. Uh, their attempts are laughable. But yeah, I mean... They don't have a Feige to, to exactly. kind of help guide everything. And to be fair, you know, it's not like Feige just showed up on the doorstep and said, hey, I'm your Marvel guy. You know, he was in the business for a long time and, and started from the bottom and really worked his way up. Yeah, Feige's and don't grow on trees, man. Smith. Kevin Smith. Put Kevin Smith in charge of the DCU. He already wrote some Green Arrow. He's already a huge comic book fan. He knows how to direct. He doesn't have to direct the DC movies. Maybe Kevin Smith's not the best director. But let him be the mind to tie everything together. Let him be the producer to be behind the whole vision. And then let him pick some young kids to carry out the projects and see what he can come up with. At I, least it'll be I wouldn't be against that. I wouldn't be against that. I just, it doesn't, I mean, of course it matters who they pick. But as long as they pick somebody. Like, until they pick somebody to head up a cohesive universe, they're not trying to make one. You know what I mean? Like, if you pick somebody, Smith, but if you I don't pick somebody like Kevin Smith, here's here's why I I agree, Drew. James Gunn. James Gunn. I don't think James Gunn's the guy either. But he's I think too you much of a loose keep, cannon. Yeah. I think you let him keep directing stuff the whole time. Let him do whatever he wants. And let him keep doing Suicide Squad so he can have all those fun characters and tie him to your world. But yeah, you need somebody. And, and Drew, you're probably right. Maybe Kevin Smith's not the right guy, but he comes with. Uh, a cult fan base of he could comic book nerds. Come and be like a great consultant for creative direction. You know, yeah. He's just a 
he he comes with some clout, you know. Even if his movies aren't going to be great, if you give him three or four titles, his fanboys are going to love them forever. Uh, and maybe some comic book fans will like them too. What? But at least they're going to be Kevin Smith hits. So a couple things. So earlier I meant to say something. I'm so sick of seeing Joker. I'm done with it. Stopped using Joker. Uh, but what what movies that DC has made that you guys actually liked? Like which ones were good? Because, like, I don't even know anymore. Some of them are, I, I mean, obviously... Of, huh? I liked Birds of Prey. Yeah, that was and good. I liked, I liked Suicide Squad. Um, yeah. And I just re-watched the first Suicide Squad, and it's really, really bad. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. are we talking, like, pre-anything? EU? I mean, like, obviously, the Nolan Batman movies were good. Nolan Batman the- movies are good. It's not treading new ground, and I, you know, I, I like the Keaton Batman movies fine. I'm not as nostalgic for those as other people are, but they're serviceable. Um, and same, I'm not nostalgic for the old Christopher Reeve ba- uh, Superman movies as well. You know, I, I like the Nolan Batman movies. I like Aquaman. Been on the record there before. I think Aquaman is solid um, and super fun. Of the and DCEU, like, it is I, probably one of the better movies. And I like To a Side Squad as well, as Gary Cole has has labeled it, uh, which is a great name. I actually uh, thought Man yeah. of Steel was actually pretty good. Um, so I didn't like Man of Steel because the final act is real bad. But I do like Henry Cavill as Superman. He's good and Superman. I will, I'll defend him as Superman. I think he should play... Like the sixty-five-year-old Superman with the gray hair on the sides, I think he should be Superman the rest of his life. Uh, no one else should be Superman as long as he lives. I mean, he, he is—he is pretty much a perfect Superman. But yeah, I like Man of Steel. Uh, the Nolan movies are great, um, and I do have some nostalgia from the Michael Keaton movies. Uh, I even liked the Val Kilmer and George Clooney ones because I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like that was a good time. That was a good time at the movies, man. Uh, and those hey, are some of the well, best. Schumacher just wanted to make some some comic book, you know, boom pow cheesy. You know, he knew what he was. Doing that was some boom pow, man. Maybe he's not aged the best, but I think he I did think, what he wanted to do. I think that there is still a really big market for boom pow. Yeah. Um, and I think that Miss Marvel sort of showed us that with the first episode and the way it came in with that '90s pop art. I wouldn't be surprised to see a boom pow movie any day now. Um, and I think something like Black Adam would be great for that because it's going to be bad anyways. So you might as well boom pow it and give it some some. Black Adam looks like it's going to be super serious though. Yeah, and it shouldn't. It shouldn't. Uh, we have, I think we have boom pow in our near future. Uh, I'm just waiting to see it. And spoilers, we'll talk a little bit more in next week's podcast about the upcoming theatrical slate and Black Adam and a few things there. So there's there's a little tease for next week. Um. Okay, well, well, moving, we can kind of move on to some other streaming-related things, because I wanted to talk, uh, well, first off, one, one more thing on the HBO Max stuff is that they have officially confirmed, because Discovery had their own streaming service, right, called Discovery Plus, yeah. which contains, I actually, my wife is a subscriber, she has a lot of shows, reality shows and stuff on there that she likes to watch, um, she has told me, from her experience, the interface on that app is apparently terrible, um, but there are shows and things on there that she she likes. But HBO Max and Discovery Plus will be merging at some point in 
the next year. I think around next summer it's supposed to happen. It is unclear if this combined service will still be called HBO Max or if it'll just be called HBO or if it'll be called HBO Discovery, but we're likely going to see a new service come from the HBO Discovery Max Plus Prime Edition. I mean, <laughs> HBO Max, you know, we're a little used to it now, but when it launched, uh, there was a little bit of confusion because there was, you know, HBO Go and uh, what was the other one? HBO Go and there was another HBO app for if you did, weren't a subscriber. I can't even remember what it was called. Yeah. Um, but they had those and then and then HBO Max and it was confusing. You know, what's the difference between HBO Max and HBO Go? And then a lot of AT&T subscribers got HBO Max as part of their subscription and they have well, it they never even log into it there's like a lot i of have hulu and then i have hbo through hulu but if you open hulu you don't have like even one tenth of the options of the hbo library you just have like a scoop of hbo stuff so then you have to go open the hbo max and click open through subscriber and then pick hulu and then open through hulu through hbo so that then you can look at the hbo stuff so I would have to think that HBO Discovery Max Plus Platinum Edition is going to be the same, where all of a sudden titles just aren't going to be there anymore. Yeah, I, I, I'm, yeah, because HBO is one of our favorites. We always bring it up. We always put it like in a high place as uh, stream series. So I am worried. I hope it comes out decent, but I am worried about this, man. I really like HBO Max, and I want I it to stay good. Right, and I think HBO just has such a recognizable brand. I'm not even against them renaming it. HBO Discovery can be the the name, but keep the most of the HBO Max interface and everything, and just have it be when you open the menu, just like there's a DC tab and a Harry Potter tab, put a Discovery tab, and if you go there, that's where you can watch your 90 Day Fiance or you know whatever reality shows you're going to go watch on Discovery Plus, and and put those on there. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I just still want it to be a primarily, you know, movie and prestige TV service. Cause it really looks... I'm, I mean, they're talking about... Like, a lot of the talk has been they want to focus on uh, Discovery's unscripted uh, show stuff. And it's just... Why? Who's <laughs> yeah. interested in that? Like, two people. I don't know, man. It's just... It sounds... It sounds like a lot of bad business decisions going on in my yeah it just it just remains to be seen so all we can do is sit back and watch um but the streaming landscape's very interesting right now you know because obviously there were some uh, stumbles in the stock market with things that happened with you know netflix here recently and there's just been a lot of talk they're getting um an ad tier within the next year for netflix they're doing the password crunching down um disney plus is supposed to get an ad tier they disney's been hesitant to you know, I think at some point it's probably going to happen that they're going to buy out the rest of the stake in Hulu, and Hulu will just be merged into Disney Plus. Like maybe there will be a Hulu tile on there. Yeah. I don't know what they're waiting on. They should just go ahead and do that to help the Disney Plus growth because Hulu, I think, has somewhere in the realm of like forty plus million subscribers, whereas Damn. Disney Plus is is in the hundreds of millions to to two hundred million range, and so. I just don't understand why. I mean, I, I get that it's a lot of adult content, but in other parts of the world, 
the Hulu stuff is already part of Disney Plus through the Star add-on. So it's it's all confusing, but it's just <laughs> it is all it's just so strange. But speaking, uh, it have be- you uh, have you guys either of you watched the Streaming Wars South Park no, uh, series yet? yet? The two part. Okay, you guys. Uh, that's I'll remind you at the at the end of this, but. That'll be your homework next time is to watch both of those on Paramount Plus because they tackle the streaming wars uh, in a in a hilarious you know South Park way, um, and I'll continue to defend that South Park has gotten better. It's gotten much much better again. These short style movies they're doing are very funny <laughs> and very re- very relevant. Uh, the streaming wars you should check them out. Fair enough. That's uh, that is appropriate homework. I will I will take on that challenge. Um, actually, this weekend, there's a lot of different things that have dropped content-wise um, that's worth checking out. But it's like, man, the fact that, again, we'll talk about some of the upcoming movies and theaters and stuff next week because it's a topic that I want to touch on. But there's there's a lot of space for things to be spaced out this month. And instead, there's a lot dropping this weekend. So obviously, we had Prey. Uh, was on Hulu. It's a Hulu original. It's a, the newest entry in the Predator franchise. And, uh, you know, it was developed by 20th Century. This is part of, you know, the Disney acquisition, but they put it on, on Hulu. And I can say from having seen it, and Jahan, I know you've seen it too, um, totally worthy of having been in the theaters, but it wasn't. Um, but not that I didn't enjoy watching it at home. It could have been good on screen, yeah. Yeah. Uh... I only had some minor issues with the C- the CG animals at times were not the best, but yeah, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get into it. Let me rein it in. Rein it uh, in. <laughs> um, another interesting thing is there's a movie that just came out on uh, Amazon Prime Video called Thirteen Lives, and I actually reviewed this movie for our friend Shantaj Boer for Nerdropolis. Is it about a cat? <laughs> no, <laughs> nine lives. Not 13. Oh, is it about a lucky cat? Actually, there is going to be a movie I'm going to talk about about a lucky cat, ironically. Uh, (laughs) But no, 13 Lives is an MGM-produced movie um, that as part of the acquisition where Amazon purchased MGM, um, this movie, instead of getting a theatrical release like it was supposed to, it got a one-week limited theatrical run, and now, as of now, is streaming on Prime Video. And this is a Ron Howard-directed movie. Um, you know, Ron Howard of Apollo 13, and as most recent as you know, Solo, A Star Wars Story, and things like that. You know, big-name director. Uh, and this is a... Uh, the real story of the the soccer team, the young soccer team that was trapped in the caves in Thailand, that the, uh, the real life rescue that went into getting these kids out of the cave, the, the Thai K rescue. And, uh, this is, and a they movie. got saved by a lucky cat. No. <laughs> so anyway, this, uh, this movie stars Viggo Mortensen, Colin Farrell, Joel Edgerton, you know, has big stars in it. And I will say it's really good. Um, okay. I really enjoyed it if you were not familiar with the story and these boys and how they were rescued, it's pretty fascinating. If you followed the yeah. news at that time, you may know, but if not, I won't even spoil it here because it's, it's worth watching it. It's, it's a really great uh, dramatization of this real life story of the, these boys that were trapped in a cave. You know, they were 
they were in there, you know, several kilometers in, a monsoon came in, so the caves quickly flooded, they were stuck there. The Thai Navy SEALs couldn't even get to where they were because it was so difficult to swim through the caves to get there. Um, and so they had to call in these uh, these cave divers to come and, and do it. And they didn't even reach the boys on until day 10, and they were still alive and um, had to figure out how you're going to get these boys out when it's a you know, six and a half to seven hour swim from where they were to get them out. That Navy, uh, that Thailand Navy SEALs couldn't do. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> the seven hour swim in pitch black after 10 days of not eating. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess it would be interesting. So I knew a lot about this. I haven't seen the move, the dramatization, but I did, you know, I kept up with it on the news I saw, Did you watch The Rescue by any chance? I watched a documentary. Yes, there's a documentary that came out last year called The Rescue. It's called The Rescue. I watched that. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, I'm familiar with, like, oh, my God. It is, it's a, it's a crazy story. Seeing it for the first, like, finding all this stuff out for the first time through a, a dramatization would probably be pretty interesting. Uh, so I, I should so, probably check this movie out. Yeah. I've seen the documentary as well, and I think the documentary is the only thing working against this new movie, 13 Lives, because if you've seen the documentary, you know what happened. Um, however, I think the movie is still really well done, and if you're familiar with what happened, watching how they recreated it and how accurate it is to what really happened um, is pretty impressive. So in my mind, it's like instead of looking at the two as competing against each other, just consider them to be a good pairing. You can watch The yeah. Rescue if Disney Plus uh, to be streamed through their, um, I think it's through the Nat, the Nat Geo tile. It's actually directed by the same people that did the Free Solo documentary a few years ago, which was also very good. Um, and then uh, 13 Lives, yeah, it's streaming on Amazon Prime Video. I really liked it. I recommend you check it out. It's a shame that it's getting dropped there. I was lucky enough to go see it in, in a theater, and it was a good experience. And most people will see this movie on streaming if they see it at all, because Again, this is dropped on streaming the same weekend as Prey and the same weekend as uh, Bullet Train, which is in theaters now, <laughs> and the same weekend as a movie called Luck uh, that dropped on Apple TV Plus this weekend. Is that one about a lucky cat? It is it about is. a lucky cat. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to bring this up just because um, having listened to some insiders talk about this, I think it's a pretty fascinating topic. Um, just for something to be on the lookout for. So Skydance Pictures, you know, is a production company, mm -hmm. and they have recently created Skydance Animation in recent years. And this is the first Skydance Animation movie to be released. And Skydance Animation has a partnership with Apple TV+, Plus, so their movies will uh, release day and date on Apple TV+. Plus. What's interesting here, and I'm not getting into the politics of it all and the things I'm just going to list the facts um, which is a few years ago at Disney at Pixar um, John Lasseter who was the, you know, the pretty much the guy behind Pixar right he uh, directed Toy Story and Toy Story 2 directed I think most of the Toy Story movies uh, the Cars movies and he eventually became the head of Disney animation not just Pixar and was kind of the brains behind a lot of their animated projects here in the last couple of decades and um, had a big hand in, in that and he uh, recently stepped down from 
from Disney and Pixar um, just a couple years ago due to some inappropriate conduct allegations. Um, apparently, he was a hugger and, you know, would make people uncomfortable. Like, he, he likes to give hugs. He was, a, he was a sky dancer. He was sky dancing on people. And would make people uncomfortable. And so when those allegations came up and things, he stepped down from his position. Um, so considered a, you know, obviously a somewhat problematic figure. And uh, after that happened, he did get hired by Skydance Animation. So he is working for them now. And he, uh, they were already in production on this movie, Luck, that dropped on Apple TV Plus this weekend. So I think he came in and kind of helped to get it back on track. And it is, you know, pretty a pretty serviceable animated movie. But apparently whatever Skydance Animation is working on next is has had John Lasseter working on it from the ground up. And the insider word is that it's supposed to give, you know, the things that Pixar's been doing in recent recent memory uh, a run for their money. So it's just something to be well, on the there's, for. You know, the newest Pixar stuff, the most recent Pixar stuff has not been my favorite of the Pixar stuff. I didn't love Luca and the newest Lightyear. You know, I didn't go see it in theaters. wasn't very interested to. I know I can see that on Disney Plus now. That's one of the other things that came out this weekend, right this week. Um, but you know, it, it's it's horrible to hear that it might have been the the rapey guy who made it good, <laughs> right? And so you know, that's why I don't want to get into thoughts on it. But the, at the end of the day, he has a job. And he's working on animated content still. And the and... job is with a movie called Luck, and the title couldn't be more appropriate for him. <laughs> so yeah. that movie is on Apple TV+. Plus. Personally, uh, I haven't been able to enjoy a movie since they locked up Weinstein. Thank God for this guy. <laughs> right? <laughs> so Luck is about a... It's, it's about where Luck is made. It's about a super unlucky girl who actually stumbles upon... <laughs> Her uncle cat. keeps hugging him. <laughs> yeah, an the, unlucky uh, girl who stumbles across this creator at the Pixar studio. <laughs> she goes to where luck is created, and there's dragons and unicorns and leprechauns and black cats, and that's how luck is distributed, and that's all that it's about. And, um, so okay. anyway, you know, I just... Here's, here's why I'm saying this, is that the movie's out, it's all right. But I just want to say, if you want to watch it, you can but just know, you know, that who's who's operating on the table. You know, if that, if that makes I sense. I had forgotten about all this, but I had read about this before the podcast. And I, I was like, we should talk about this on the cast. But I'm glad you brought it up. Because, yeah, it's really weird. I don't know, man. Like, some people don't need second chances. And among them are, uh, you know, accused sexual assault. You know, old John. white guys. It doesn't. He's got, he's got the touch. He's got, yeah, apparently. Oh, oh no! <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, uh, that one, that one, slow rolled on me there. Like, <laughs> oh boy! Um, if you're able to watch the movie with an objective <laughs> point of view, I don't know. Not everybody, of course, is able to remove themselves from that and uh of course like why you shouldn't have to yeah uh, but it is out there and, and everything but let's get into prey 
Um, which Gary, I know that you um, have not had access to all of the services in the past week, so you are welcome to chime in or listen as you please. If you don't want to be spoiled on this movie, we won't. You know, we'll we'll we can avoid that. I will say though, it's a predator movie. Like I don't really know how much can be oh. truly. Told. Oh, I know it's a predator movie because I watched it this morning. Okay, oh, yes. cool. Oh, this mm-hmm. is exciting. This is exciting. This well, is exciting. We all watched it. Yeah. So like, I was able to get my neighbor. Uh, he's a PC gamer. And so I, I told him my plight. I told him I had no internet. And I was quoted two to five weeks and told him I was a streamer and begged him if I could use his Wi-Fi. And uh, he's out of town this weekend. So he set up like a guest Wi-Fi password and let me on his, his Wi-Fi. So... Uh, that's why I'm here streaming. That's why I saw Prey, and that's why I've gotten to get a little video game fix. The things that we will go to, the lengths we will go to, to be able to podcast and stream with our friends. Um, I appreciate it. I'm honored. I'm flattered. I, I went upstairs and met the lady upstairs, and uh, she invited us inside, showed us her place. Like she was like, "Yeah, sure, you can use my Wi-Fi." Uh, but hers just doesn't connect down here. So I've actually met all the neighbors and asked them all if I could use their Wi-Fi network. Nice. So you owe people yeah. cookies. Yeah, just imagine this like giant six foot three bearded fat guy like pounds on your door like, "Yo, I used to be a police officer. Can I use your Wi-Fi?" I would people push you like, down the stairs. The? <laughs> yeah, they're like, no. <laughs> It, it took some convincing. I, I had to uh, engage Operation Friendship. <laughs> well, perfect. Well, then we'll pray. Let's 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 get into it. Uh, Jahan, you had started to talk about it earlier, so let's let's start with you. General thoughts. What did you think of Prey? Over. I mean, so overall, general thoughts. I liked it. Uh, it kind of surprised me uh, with how good it was. It it was like up there. It was better than Predator 2. You know what I mean? And it was arguably better than AVP 1. Uh, definitely better than AVP 2. Uh, I guess we can rank them all later, but uh, it was up there with like the Schwarzenegger, man. It was pretty fun. It was it was a good movie. I liked what was going on. I enjoyed it. Gary, how about you? Hands down, without a doubt, the best Predator movie. Nice. Period. 100%. I, yes, I would say I thought this movie was really good, which just by saying it's really good by default makes it either the number one or number two Predator movie, depending on how you want to order, depending on, on where correct. the Schwarzenegger movie so like stands one, in your in your rankings. Only, there's only one I haven't seen, and it was the one that came out before this one. I don't remember what it was called. The Predator. The Predator. So yeah. There was Predator, Predator 2, and then... Alien vs. Predator, I believe the sequel to that was Alien vs. Predator Requiem. Does that sound right? Yes, correct. And then there was Predators. Yeah. Uh, and then The Predator. And, and now Prey. Have Prey. Uh, yes, and I would agree. I, I do like the original Predator a lot, and I've seen it several times, so it's always it's so good. kind of embedded in my memory. And I think that if I didn't have a little bit of nostalgia for it, I would say that Prey is without a doubt better, but I mean, it's up there. I thought Prey was very good. 
Um, I thought that the Predator himself looked really great and moved really great, and all the action with him was great. Jahan, you did touch on this earlier, and I don't know if this was a budget thing because they knew it was going to be going to streaming or what. I did think some of the CG animals were a little wonky at times. Not the best. Um, That's like a a small nitpick. I just wanted to go back to that since you had mentioned it earlier. But yeah, I thought it was really good. It, It moved. It was like a quick you know, hour and 35 minutes or so. I mean, it was like, so, so it moved well. It didn't linger longer than it had to. I don't know, man. I, I was, I was all in on it. Um, we're noting the first, I think the first movie in history to be released with a Comanche dub. If you want to watch it that way, I thought that was pretty cool. What? That's uh, dope. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So they really did uh, their homework and everything with the, with the Comanche backstory and the things there. It actually it stars an actual native person. Yes, yes. I, believe I noticed the ways yeah. that, uh, that the Comanche were shooting their bows uh, was not the you know Western English archer way that we were all taught growing up. Uh, they were shooting with their right hand over like claw shot. Uh, which is the the more traditional Comanche shot, which I really appreciated. That. Uh, that's pretty. They they did a lot of cool stuff like that, uh, and yeah, she the 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 lead actress. She is, I believe, of the Sioux Nation uh, in real life. So just to to, to echo and to repeat everything what you guys have already mentioned, the the CG animals. So the the scene in particular that that stuck out to me was there was a close up of a CG ant. And I was like, what is the point of this stupid shot? I thought they were going to pan up to the forest. Then the ant climbs onto the invisible predator's foot. Yeah. And a mouse runs up and eats the ant off. And I was like, okay, that's why they did a dumb CG ant. And then a snake jumps across the predator and eats the mouse, uh, revs up on the predator. He cuts the snake's head off and spine. Just absolutely like went from cheesy cg to at the end of it i was like that was awesome that's pretty like cool. i don't know how else you're supposed to shoot that other than cheesy cg that was so cool yeah some of their storytelling tactics were really interesting some of the ways they showed like the rules were interesting uh for sure the way they introduced the main character bro they didn't even have to use words uh just in like that first montage you can tell that she's a healer she's a hunter She's skilled at She's running, badass, climbing. Dude. She, her and her dog work together great as a team. You, you learn all of this in like twenty five seconds, and yeah. you know they don't have to sit down and hold your hand and tell you. In, in an early scene, she's practicing her axe throwing on the trees, and some of the axe throwing she did in these spins and throwing it sidearm, I was like, this is the coolest axe throwing I've ever seen. Yeah, it was really dope. It <laughs> was, like, it in was the first five minutes of this movie. It was so spiced up, like it wasn't like like I could throw an axe, you know what I mean? Like anyone could throw one. Uh, not necessarily going to stick in anything, but she was like doing weird trick shots and like spin. It was so cool, man. Let me, let me ask you guys a question. Uh, I always think it's hard for, like, a slasher film for a new character to develop, like, a weapon that is their weapon uh, that really sticks out. I think that the lead character of this movie had a weapon that was her weapon, sort of classic. Tomahawk rope? Uh, yeah, man, that was cool. Yeah, yeah, the tomahawk on a rope, right? I didn't have to say it. You know what I was talking about. Yeah, I knew what you were talking about. I loved seeing her make the rope and then actually practice with it, and these things almost sound like 
oh, we see her make a weapon and practice with it, like almost sounds tedious, but it works so well in the movie and the way that it, the montage works. And actually the way that she would throw the axe and then pull it back to her with the rope reminded me of the, the PS4 God of War game where Kratos would throw an axe and it didn't have the rope, but he could command it back to him. And that's what it reminded me of. It reminded me uh, of Scorpion. <laughs> she yeah, reminded me of Scorpion. I, yes. I even made a joke. I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if she became future Mortal Kombat DLC because they do put killer, like killer people from stuff, and you know what I mean. This woman fought a predator. Like she would be a dope Mortal Kombat character. She one hundred percent would be a dope Mortal Kombat character, and has every right to be added to that franchise. No oh, man, strong female lead. It was sick. Uh, and one of the one of her my favorite move that she did, I think she did it twice. She did it while she was practicing, where she does like a weird like backwards sideways kick and hits the tree and like comes off of it in like a really cool direction. She did that when she was sliding down a hill at one point, and it was sick. I wanted to just put that on the record too. Um, yeah. The fight. Her scenes. name, is, the actress's name is Amber Mid Thunder. I just wanted to give her head, you know, That's a shout out because a badass she, name. Yeah, Mid Thunder is her, her last name, and she was great. And she's been around for a while. She's been acting for a while. It looks like just I'm just scrolling through some of her her credits, and it looks like she's gonna be in the uh, live action Avatar: The Last Airbender that is being made for um, for Netflix. Is that right? She's gonna be a waterbender. She plays Princess Yu. Does that sound right? She plays Princess Yue? Yes, Yue. Princess the Yue. Moon? <laughs> I'm not familiar Hell yeah, with dude. She, she played in Princess Yue? Like, she voiced her? No, she She's will be in the live, in the live action. action. Oh, she would be a great Princess Yue. That's sick. Yeah, because they're that's actually casting them with their appropriate ethnicities this time around. Instead yep. of making that's why I said she'd be Water Nation immediately. I was like, she's Native American, she'll be Water Nation. Yeah, they yeah, the water better are all natives, yeah. She's a big deal. That's awesome. Good that for is her. Awesome. Good, Good for, for her. What a what a world. What a time to live. Yeah, the the casting in this was great. I will I do want to talk about it. Like, I, I'm not positive that everyone was native. Uh, but everyone was definitely uh, not white. Uh, the only white people, which I thought was hilarious, were like shitty, gross, like sweaty, fat Frenchmen. <laughs> that, oh, and we <laughs> all hate the French. I love that. I love that we can all hate the French together. Like they even made him speak French like grossly. Like he was like, <laughs> you know, like he was like he was such a dick with it. I don't know. It was, it was, I enjoyed it. You know how he, I feel about these things. Let's talk about the, the Predator himself, because he, even though he had some advanced technology, I believe this all took place. 1772. Like, yeah, I was going to say 300 years ago. Um, and so the Predator is still technologically advanced, but doesn't have, you know, the full armor and things like we've gotten used to see with other Predators. He had a little bit more of a basic um, setup. Yeah, like a little bit... Uh, so that's an interesting thing to talk about. Cause yeah, it is. They, that's lore, baby. Yeah, there is lore, and there is, you know, there are rules. Like, the Predators have a whole culture and stuff, and, like, it's hinted at, and you can extrapolate it from, like, things you see. But, like, are they less advanced? Or did, was he only allowed to bring a certain class of weaponry because of the development of the, the place he was coming, you know? 
And that's a cool thing to, to wonder about, in my opinion. And also, his, there his are predators. Him. Yeah, his helmet was um, different. There are predators who use... Uh, almost the more weapons you use, sort of the more frowned upon the kill is. If you go out there and kill everything mm. with your bare hands, uh, then you're a hell of a predator. If you go and blow everything up with a missile, then you have no skulls to bring back. And so this sort of stripped-down barbaric predator is almost a way of saying, like, it's so cool. uh, it, it, almost his rite of passage, the same way it was the main character's rite of passage. Uh, he was just stripped down and trying to do it with his bare basics. And I, I loved I his mask. Uh, his mask. His mask was yeah, it almost mask. looked like a skull. Yeah, and mm -hmm. and but it still had tech in it. Like he still had, you know, his thermal vision, and it still had the, you know, the classic aimer and everything like you're used to seeing with Predator. But just the design of the mask. I loved that kind of primitive think, looking mask for him too. I think it might have been a skull that was like adapted into a technological helmet because it did look very much like an alien what skull. I yeah. yeah. Um I liked that this predator only used the weapons that his prey was using. Yes. When he first showed up, it showed him fight a wolf and he fought the wolf with his bare hands. Then he fights a bear. In in the in the water he fights the bear with his bare hands and kills it. When he comes across uh, the tribe of natives, they use bows. Then his aimer comes up and shoots crossbow bolts back at them. Yes. So now that they're using bows, he uses bows. And then it makes a note that shows his scanner scan their spears, and then his arm blades come out, and he starts using his blades against them. When he starts fighting the French, they net him. Then he scans, and he nets back with a, a way stronger net. A but still a net, yeah. What a great kill in that. I, you know, the uh, way you're talking about it, because, like, yeah, I noticed it, too. Uh, like, it seemed like he was trying to stay on even. But it almost sounds like the way you described the blade that maybe it was locked until his scanner picked up equivalent weaponry. And, like, you know what I mean? I, it could be something like a lock. And maybe I'd have to watch it again to see if it looks like an unlocked function or something. But... To me, for sure, it, it read as, as my watch through and knowing a little about the Predator lore, it came across as he wanted to have an even fight against everybody. Yeah. Um, and even to the point when the main character stepped in a bear trap, you know, he, he didn't get her while she was down. Yeah. This particular Predator was about a fair fight. Maybe not every Predator ever is, but this one certainly It's true. Some, sometimes they're not, but uh, throughout all the lore in the, the movie, you find out Predators are individuals, man. They are not. They are not. They have personalities. They're all very different, uh, and the way they express those personalities is always so interesting without dialogue. Because they're all about like some of them. I don't know, man. Some of them are all about that vendetta life. You know, some of them just want to fair fight stuff. Uh, but yeah, it was cool to watch the escalation from snake to wolf to bear. And then he was like, you know what? I think that these people are actually the most dangerous thing. And he started hunting people. And that man, that first fight with the, the Comanche War Party uh, and the the Predator was just bananas. It was bananas. And, like, they gave him a decent throw, man. They gave him a good fight, and it was cool. When the fog would come in and then Predator was jumping from treetop to treetop above them, like, it looked so cool. <laughs> I didn't even question, like, where'd this fog come from? And then how come it's not in this next... Team. Like it didn't bother me. Like it just looked so cool. I was all about those cool visuals. It's where another... the uh, where the Arnold Schwarzenegger Predator movie, 
I think is a classic 90s action romp with great one-liners and some great characters and good kills. I think that Prey is a, a thriller. And it's an action thriller, but uh, Predator is about to kill you the whole time. And it felt kind of like in, in Arnold's Predator, like, you know, it, you knew they were going to Rambo it out the whole time. In this movie, you didn't know who was going to die. Predator was just killing everybody. He was I... a slasher. Uh, straight up slasher movie, tons of great kills. I would up agree. There was some of the best, uh, some of the best Jason kills. I mean, there was some good friend. There were some really good Predator kills. There were some good Predator kills in this. Uh, I would agree. Had uh, one of the first things in Arnold Schwarzenegger's Predator movie not been a de-skinned human being hanging by his feet from trees. Like I feel like I feel like that definitely gave some, and especially because that was the first one, and we didn't know. You know what I mean? We didn't know what that thing was. And uh, it's definitely hard to Jesse Ventura chewing tobacco, though. I'm a sexual Tyrannosaurus. That's exactly right. So it sets a different tone. That'll never die in my mind. (laughs) Prey does not have the sexual Tyrannosaurus tone. No. But, I mean, you know, I don't know, man. That movie movie fucks real hard, though. Um, I like I like the escalation. Like the escalation is pretty consistent. It goes like he's doing all this animal stuff. I thought it was really cool. Like the buffalo scene. At first, I was confused because I was like, "Why would the predator even do that?" You right. know what I mean? And then you find right. out that it was the French the French right. trappers and Gary talking about the escalation of the predator and using his weapons actually makes me like all that a lot more because I didn't even realize that. But you're totally right. You really yeah. Um, and then. I- I will say an advantage to this movie being on streaming on Hulu is that there was a one of the confrontations between uh, the the Predator and, and the main character towards the end had some really cool movements and things in it that I watched and was and I actually did rewind back and watch it again. So I liked that I was able to do that in this case. Um, let me ask you all this because I did see some pushback on Twitter the green blood did you all have any issue with the green predator blood the neon green blood why would i i don't know why would i is it not supposed to be i thought it was dope i thought it was awesome Uh, i thought it was completely awesome it didn't bother me at all i saw some some people complaining of like the cheesiness of cg green blood or maybe it was a little bit excessive i don't think i don't even think it was cg it was just green blood. I don't know. I had no issue with it because their blood I, is green. I also right? <laughs> really liked the way that they used, you know, the predator blood. Um, he bled a little bit more through the movie as it went along. And really, during the last fight, uh, you could see that he was bleeding coming into it the same way that the main character had weakened the the mountain lion for her brother. Her brother yeah. had weakened the predator for her and they sort of killed it together. Uh, and, and both of them had become the war tribe chief. And it was just cool to, you know, seeing his blood the whole time. The whole movie is red blood, red blood, red blood. And there's, you, there's sort of this leaning point during that final fight where it becomes green blood, green blood, green blood. And she comes good back point. just covered in green point. blood the same way her brother with the same face point had come back covered in that red blood. Yeah, she did it. Uh, with, I, I loved her face paint that she did with the green blood. I thought that was sick. I thought it was visually super striking that that green blood in contrast to the red blood. Um, I agree. I just wanted to check because I had seen some pushback there. It's a weird complaint, right there with y'all. 
Weird yeah. If they're biggest, oh, you know Twitter is. They'll make yeah, they'll they'll say anything. People just want to have opinions. Some of them even make podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, Twitter's biggest complaint is the color of the blood in Prey, then I'll take it. Yeah, um, Prey was great, absolutely amazing. Killer performances across the whole cast. Great kills from the Predator. Predator looked awesome. Uh, the way they tagged it into this Native American rite of passage to be hunted by uh, a, a creature instead of just hunting that hunts something you back, that, yeah, yeah, to actually be feel the fear of being hunted by something that hunts you back, and she just happened to choose the predator. Yeah, um, she did. Uh, I really enjoy. Yeah, I do really enjoy how they kind of parallel told the predator story through this uh, Comanche rite of passage because that's what predators are all about. They're out there proving themselves. By, cause, and they only hunt things that hunt. Like, they will That's not. Right. And so, like, the, and they explain that through the native peoples. And it's just so cool, um, the parallels there. And I really, I mean, some of the, what was your favorite action sequence? Because, like, there are so many good ones to choose from. I really like the first encounter. That was such a cool fight. Uh, the, the fight with the trappers during like while they're tied to that post actually got really really cool <laughs> um and then obviously man, the final rappers popped out of the ground that i was like, expecting like, that man yep me either that's I, what i got me too i did not see that coming at all i thought that he took care of him i was like oh he got him and then he's gonna do something here uh but nope. no, no I, i'd probably say the the climax fight was to me because i just felt like it did such a good job of tying in everything that had come before it the movie yes. had such a great steady escalation and in introducing new things and then it all kind of ends with the main character using all of those things back against the that she had noticed yeah such a good build and culmination that i i don't know i think i i think the final fight because I, like i said i even went back and rewatched part of it again um yeah the way she won that fight i'm not gonna spoil it but it was really really clever and it came from observation that she had the only thing that i i don't know maybe you guys noticed i don't know exactly how she came to the conclusion that it couldn't see people that ate that stuff because to me the guy was just playing i, I know how she, yeah. yeah, no, no. She had given that that to that guy. She had. He, he was alive, and then got to wa- see through the mask and saw. Oh, she saw by, through by the mask. That he that he didn't have a thermal signature, so she's like, oh, so it it makes you even though you're alive, it brings your body temperature down, so it looks like you're not alive. That's what I saw from it. I think Predator still had the mask on at that point. I do too. Um, he, but it. Did he, he, I think, got it back. She took so it off. I know when she, she saw. I know that she was able to see that he didn't, or maybe she felt him and knew that he was cold or something. There was some way she found out that by taking that. Yeah, that he said, I'm plan. freezing cold, and Predator was going in and killing anybody who was still alive and didn't kill that guy. Oh, uh, was he going through and killing people that were still alive? Yeah. Oh, okay, that makes sense then. That makes right. sense. And then he accidentally ended up stepping on the guy. I think and when then, the guy yeah. screamed. Yeah. That, that, and I that think makes she was perfect sense. Through the mask when that happened, and I think he got it back. No, because what happened? Did, and then, what happened was she took the she took the stuff. She cooled off her body temperature, and she snuck up behind him with the pistol and shot him in the back of the head. And that 
like knock his mask off, and then she took the mask. That's what happened. Just FYI, that's the order of operations there. But yeah, no, the fact that he was executing Man, people that were still that, alive, I didn't. I realize. know that all three of us just watched this movie, but I would swear the order of operations was brother rode up on a horse and smacked a crap out of Predator in the head, and Predator's mask fell off. Oh yeah, you're right. Yes, you're right. And that's when. She- that's when she snagged him at. That was sick, too. I forgot about that whole sequence. That was dope. Because, like, oh, man. Because, like, the puppy was in danger, and I was very upset. So, it's super cool. Everyone, you know, there's this whole uh, American Wild West cowboys and Indians thing that we're all, we all think growing up. But horses aren't native to North America. Native Americans didn't have horses in their culture until after all the expansion, westward expansion. So... I understand this, like, need to see, you know, the Cherokee people on a horse. And then the brother, the first time he sees the horses, he's like, I got to get me one of those horses. Then all the horses get cut loose. And he's like, hold on, I got to go get a horse. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, come on. Like, he loves this already. Like, it's like his motorcycle, right? Then he comes back with the war cry on the horse with the spear, beats the ever-living crap out of Predator with the war cry, circling the camp back and forth, stab, jab, just rips him apart. Uh, it was a good, good fight, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it gave us, you know, sort of that classic, you know, the Cherokee people did have a great bond with horses. It just didn't come till later. And because of that time setting, they wanted to keep it sort of historically accurate, I think. So they gave us a really good piece of both where people like me aren't questioning why they had horses yeah. because he just got his horse from the French, but he does have a natural bond. Uh, just great. Absolutely. There were le- layers and levels to this movie where they took their history seriously. They took the predator lore seriously. The action was great. It's just what an absolutely fantastic time with predator. This wasn't a, like a Sony, cash grab for a predator this was a pleasant surprise this was a pleasant no. surprise and i think some credit you know he has a story by credit but the director dan trachtenberg i think is kind of a big nerd um which is great for something like this he this is only his second feature film um that he's directed he directed 10 cloverfield lane which is also right. a very good movie uh, but he's been around for a while and he's one of those guys that kept getting attached to, to projects that wouldn't work out. Like at mm. one point back in 2013, he was supposed to direct the film adaptation of why the last man. And then that got canceled and he had to move on to something else. And they eventually made that to a TV show that only just came out like last year. Cause that was just, it already got such canceled. A cursed, such a cursed project. And then, um, he did, uh, 10 Cloverfield lane. And then after that, at one point he was one of the people set to direct, the Uncharted movie, and then <laughs> he was only attached to that for about eight months before he left. That's on Netflix now, too. Um, so, yeah, and so then finally he got to do Prey, which I'm glad that he did. This ended up being the perfect project for him, obviously, with how it turned out. He also it did direct... It seems to the... me like he was able to dodge a couple of bullets, though. He was able to, to direct two good ones and dodge dodge some fire. Mm-hmm. Well, he directed the pilot for The Boys... So he's been involved in, in some TV shows. Um, he's directed an episode of Black Mirror. Um, you know, he's been around. I guess Those are all good credits, yeah. 2011, he did a short film called Portal No Escape that was based on the game Portal. So that's <laughs> that kinda sounds kind of cool. How he got his start. I, had, I guess it was a viral video. had like 25 million views. I have probably saw it back then, but I don't remember it. Uh, but yeah, it just seems like 
seems like he probably was a big fan of Predator and probably did his research with the lore and, and helped with the story and that he didn't write the uh, the screenplay. The screenplay was... I would say this director might be one to keep an eye on just because he has dodged some bullets and he's put out some good stuff. And there uh, is... Either he's got a... He's either got a good agent or he's got a good head on his shoulders or something. He can... He can smell success, and he knows where to where to dodge a failure. The some of the shots in this also working on a TV adaptation of Waterworld. We'll see if that. Waterworld is perfect for a TV series. Waterworld was underrated. All that matters is it's flooded, and there are pirates on jet skis. You could do that for five or six seasons. Yeah, Waterworld for sure one that has like enough of a cult following now of people saying that it is good after years being because uh, it know, is deemed one of the worst movies ever. <laughs> uh, it is good. Uh, it was a uh, Six Flags water action show brought to life in a movie. <laughs> that movie, I don't know, man. That movie is special. How often can you watch people? Jet, uh, what do you call it? Skish. Jet ski in combat. You're just going to start saying gibberish. <laughs> I kind of started choking out there. But yeah, I mean, how many times can you watch battle jet ski? You know what I mean? Like, it's the only place. If that's your thing, that's the only place to get your fit. But, anyways. I just watched Mad Max Fury Road a couple weeks back, uh-huh. two or three weeks back. Totally holds up. It's totally awesome. It does. And Waterworld should be Mad Max on the water. Um, so it has every making to be totally awesome. It just wasn't. It's one of those things that's a pretty cool IP and it's a pretty cool setting. And they could definitely make it awesome. It, it, they could also make it trash. We'll see what they do. But I have high hopes. Action movies are awesome these days. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's so many good parts about it. I could talk about Waterworld all day. But anyways, yeah, this movie was great. Prey was great. The director did a great job. There are some really good shots in this as well. And also, the filming location was noticeably, like, fantastic. I don't know where they shot this, but it was great. Scenic vistas. And probably in, like, Montana or Colorado. It's absolutely beautiful. That's what it looked like. Yeah, it was very great. But yeah, certified fresh out the box, guys. I was gonna say, are we safe to say certified fresh out the box? I, I'm I'm willing to say it. Oh, I'm willing to say it. Yeah, two thumbs up and one hundred percent certified fresh out the box. No questions. Absolutely. Perfect. Well that's all I had on the slate for, for today and then and then next episode we'll talk about, you know, some of the things we've been watching, but I also you know, I've been teasing it um, about the theatrical slate, but we'll we'll get into it then. Y'all have anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Nah, man, that's it for me. All right. Um, this has, oh, yeah, oh, no, I don't. I was trying to think if there was anything time sensitive, any sales or anything, Jahan. Uh, anything that just came out that we should tell people about that in two weeks we're going to wish we have told them about Hulu, Orville. There was an Orville season finale. Uh, check that out and come back and listen next week so we can talk about it. There you go. That's the only thing I can think of, yeah. Uh, Sandman, I guess. Check that out, but hey. Oh, yeah, we can talk. I know that that just came out. I meant to mention that as uh, as new things that had dropped this week, but um, I think you'll probably talk about that in a little bit more detail in our next episode. I will. Otherwise, this has been episode 57 of Fresh Out the Podcast. 
I am Drew Munhausen at Drew Munhausen on Twitter, and I usually don't do my outro first. I usually wait till last, and Jahan says stay fresh after I'm done. So this feels a little bit weird, but here it is, Drew Munhausen. It's even weirder that you narrated the whole thing. But yeah, hey, I'm Jahan, and I'm the Board Game Guru, Game Master Extraordinaire, at RotFact on Twitter. Uh, make sure to hit us with uh, hashtag to catch a predator uh, <laughs> on Twitter. And uh, yeah. I usually do mine second, so I'm going to do mine third this time. Um, it's me, Casualty CDG, and you can find me at that. If you want to see me painting orcs, I do that. If you want to see me playing tabletop games and pretending to be in places where I'm not pretending to be people <laughs> who I'm not, then I do that too. Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Friday, from 8 p.m. until 11 p.m. Central Standard Time at twitch.tv backslash Jahananan, baby. Also, you can find us at Fresh Out the Box on YouTube and Facebook. <laughs> Stay fresh. Stay fresh. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs>